this podcast. Here we go. It's Here like we go. Never, it's like we've never done every single time we have to do this. It's like we don't know what. Every we do. time is the first time. Every time is the first time. Uh, hi, my name is Laura. My name is Latara, and this is Passions Podcast. This is the podcast where we watch the daytime soap opera Passions, and then we tell you what we think about it. So today we're doing episodes twenty six and twenty seven. Mm-hmm. So far, twenty six, meh. Very meh. Meh. I was falling asleep a little bit. I was a little sleepy. It was kind of, it was such a, it was also just a weird episode. There's all that Tabitha stuff that was weird. It was very weird. They like kind of finished up a little bit of the night before and then went into a new day. So that's exciting. We're finally in day four. Day 26 episodes in. We're in day four. That's crazy. (laughs) 26 episodes in day four. So yeah, they were kind of wrapping up one night in order to start the next day and it didn't really work. And so, I don't even know how to talk about the episode, really. Well, the episode opens with Faith looking for charity in the fog, right? Right. And then also Grace following behind, like, hello? Is anybody out there? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I feel like, didn't Father Lonigan tell Grace that she needs to go find that woman? Yes, but then she went back to the church and was like, I couldn't find her. Why did you think I needed to find her? And then Father Lonigan didn't say anything? And then I thought she said she went home. This episode didn't make any sense. No. Like, the things that happened at the end of the previous episode do not line up with the things that are now happening at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. They didn't quite line up. That was the thing. Because, so, Faith is looking for charity. That lines up. Right. That tracks. But then Grace is out searching for Faith, even though she doesn't know she's looking for Faith. Right. Even though in the last episode she said, I was certain she went back to the church and said, well, it's getting late. I got to get home. And then, so maybe on her way home, maybe she was walking home and heard Faith talking and calling for charity. And And then then she runs into Miguel. Yeah. Well, and, but before that also, Tabitha and Timmy are like, we have to find charity before her mother does. And And I thought they were watching her. Yeah, they. I, I distinctly remember they were at the pier. They had set the booby trap. She had fallen through. And Timmy was like, let's go. And Tabitha was like, no, we're going to watch and make sure that this works. And then Timmy's like, oh, this yeah. is evil and I don't like it. And then it didn't work. And then it didn't work, but then they weren't at the pier anymore. Like, did Miguel coming scare them away when he rescued Charity? Like, oh, I truly, okay. I don't make remember. That leap, I guess. I don't I, remember. I, I, I don't think they showed us. I don't think they did either. I don't think they showed us, but... So, anyway, all of this is happening at the pier. Charity and Miguel, at the beginning of this episode, are still together, even though at the end of the other episode, she said she had to go. Right. And she had left. Whatever. (laughs) This soap opera. Yeah, the overlap. It's so messy. It's such a mess. It's so messy. It doesn't overlap the way that they had wanted it to. And, you know, sometimes... One thing that I have noticed from watching soap operas is that sometimes they'll end an episode with a certain scene and then they'll start the next episode with like the same scene, but the words are different. Well, they've certainly done that here. But the words are completely different. Yeah. They do that a lot, actually, where you're like, I watched this scene, but this is not the shit y'all said yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> they've they've 100% that is what has happened here. I don't like it. I don't know. Father Lonigan, some, oh, somehow Timmy and Tabitha are wandering around. They end up back at the church. And I couldn't really see because of the fog. I just saw like a big Easter Island head. And then I was like, oh shit, it's Father Lonigan. Well, I saw, because she was like, Tabitha's like, 
I feel very bad about the place that we are now. And they look up and all I saw was like a street light. I was like, are you afraid of the light? <laughs> is she afraid of all light? What is the problem here? And I, so, cause I just did not see Father Lonigan at all. Well, okay. So he's wearing like the, the black priest outfit. And so I couldn't see him through the fog and the darkness, but then yeah, his face is illuminated by the light and the way of the angle and everything. To me, it just looked like a giant Easter Island statue head. Yeah. Like, I really was very confused, didn't understand what was going on, and then it started to speak, because then Father Lonigan was like, I know someone is there, and I was like, oh shit, that's Father Lonigan. That's Father Lonigan. And then he goes, I will not let you destroy goodness and innocence. I, that's one of my, fa- I wrote that down as a quote, I feel like that's such a good episode title, I don't know, we can oh. discuss. I wrote down other ones too, but I will not let you destroy goodness and innocence. Oh, just yelling into the void. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so that happens at the beginning of the episode. And then, oh, sh- this was so annoying. Grace runs into Miguel and they're talking and he's saying, oh, I met the girl. I found her. Her name's Charity. But right before Grace gets there, he's talking to Charity. They, she, Charity and Grace miss each other by one second. They should have walked right by each other. They missed each other by one Charity second. Charity exited the same way that Grace entered. So there's no way they didn't walk by each well, other. Well, Charity went kind of straight back, and Grace entered kind of from the side. Oh, yeah. I missed that. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but she missed her by, I, I want to say it was like not even a second. Half not a even. second. It was ridiculous. The blink of an and eye, And it was really. so stupid because... because Charity knows that Faith is looking for her. Mm-hmm. If she had seen Faith, she if she had seen Grace, she would have immediately been like, "Mom, did you change clothes?" You know, yeah, right, right. You know, and we would have been at the end of this debacle, but we're not. We're we we're not even close to. I'm telling you, we're not even close to these two women coming together. No, not at all. The other thing that was weird is that Grace was looking for. She didn't know it was Faith, but she was looking for Faith. Then she runs into Miguel, and then Miguel's like, I met this girl, but her mom is really uncomfortable with strangers. So then Grace is like, well, why don't I go meet her with you, <laughs> even though she herself would be a stranger. More to strangers. And, to try and explain this. I mean, like, the, it's just so flawed. The it just more strangers, make any sense. The more strangers, the merrier. Right. <laughs> That's how the saying goes, right? <laughs> the more strangers, the merrier. I mean, stranger danger squared, right? Yep. I, the whole thing just... Doesn't make any sense. I was barely listening to their conversations in this episode today. Like, nothing was making a whole lot of sense. So that all happened. Faith and Charity make their way back home, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And And Faith is like, we got to get the fuck out of Harmony. (laughs) Well, they they make their way back to their home. The next time we see them, they're out of Harmony. They're back in Newcastle or wherever. in the evening before before they go home, because mm-hmm. Charity doesn't tell her mother what happened, but she does oh, say that yeah! she, she does tell her that she met Miguel. Oh my god! She doesn't tell her mom that about was... anything that happened at the pier. She goes like, "I had the best night. I met Miguel." I was like, and "Way to bury the lead." Right? What are you talking about? And Faith gets really upset. She's really pissed off. She's like, "You went out when I you knew I didn't want to take my eyes off of you. You knew it was only safe in the church. You left anyway. You met this boy. I don't care who he is. I don't feel safe in Harmony. We're never coming back, and we are getting the fuck out." And Charity's like, "Well, nothing happened." Bitch, you almost died yeah. again. Again. For the second time in a day. Right. Yeah. I, I 
which is she's shocking to me. I'm I'm shocked by yeah. her. How do you not tell your mom that you fell through a giant gaping hole and almost fell to your death? It was only because of your grand finger strength, <laughs> your grip on on not reality, but your grip on that pier, on those planks that you managed to survive. Because and only because Miguel showed up and pulled mm-hmm. you up out of the hole. Maybe she would want to meet him then. Maybe yeah. if she knew you, he saved he her. He rescued her. Yeah, he rescued her. She's so dumb. Yeah. Ugh. So that was ridiculous. I don't know. I oh the other thing that was funny. So the not charity and faith related, but Ethan and Gwen, like in the evening, were at the Crane House mansion, and Ethan's like, "Oh, you know, I love you, and I'm so lucky to be with you. Everything is perfect except for one thing." Oh, this was my favorite. <laughs> and Gwen looks at him, and she very obviously is expecting a proposal. Everything is perfect except for oh, we're not engaged. And she looks at him, and he reaches into his pocket, and he pulls out Teresa's barrette. <laughs> <laughs> But he just muses about his stalker. Yeah. I mean, poor Gwen. Yeah. Honestly, you know, poor I'm starting Gwen. to feel bad for Gwen. I know I won't maintain that sympathy for her, but yeah. I I do feel bad for her with this idiot. Oh, it was so funny. Yeah, so then the camera, like, zooms in on Ethan holding the barrette and then zooms out and it's Teresa holding her matching barrette. Oh. And Whitney... Ooh, Winnie is going in. Tops her down. Winnie is spitting hot fire this this episode. Spitting hot fire at one one point. So Teresa's telling Whitney all about everything that happened. Mm. And she's, you know, pretty distraught. And Whitney says something along the lines of, congratulations on surviving a disaster of your own making. It was amazing. (laughs) And she's 100% correct. 100%. I mean, I'm glad... Whitney has always been real with Teresa, but she is just, like, letting it fly now. She yeah. She is really... She's trying. She's being the best possible friend she could, and Teresa just won't have it. She won't listen. Mm-mm. This girl. <laughs> Teresa's a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this episode... Are we ready to get into Teresa? Because Almost. Because Teresa then... Whitney does talk some sense into her. Convinces Teresa to call and tell Ivy that she's going to quit. She's not going to take the job. So Teresa picks up the phone. She calls the Crane Mansion, and who answers? Ethan. And Ethan what happens? Crane. And what happens? Instead of quitting her job, what happens? Well, Ethan says, "Oh, hi. I'm so sorry I didn't get to meet you, but my mom raved about you, and she said she's so excited for you to be her personal secretary. And she said that you would be great for the job. And I'm so excited to, you know, spend time with you." And Teresa's like, "Really?" He's like, "Are you? You're still coming tomorrow, right?" And he's like, "She's like, yeah, girl, what?" <laughs> Yeah. What? 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 <sighs> Let, let's just recap real quick. Okay, just like very quickly for people who may not remember. <laughs> Teresa, at this point, in the it, we're, we are at the top of day four. Mm-hmm. At this point, or end no, of day well, three. that's the end of day three when she calls. So Teresa, at this point, has spilled blue paint on Ethan, has spilled milkshakes on him, has thrown barbecue sauce on him, burned down the burger hut, <laughs> burned it to the ground, <laughs> drenched Ethan in fish guts and heads, 
trespassed on their property, according to him, basically. Yeah. He doesn't realize that she was actually there to talk to Ivy, and they had, they actually let her in. Yeah. But Showed show up at the front door. But as far <laughs> as he is concerned, she just showed up at his fucking house in the middle of the night. <laughs> and then escaped his home somehow. Somehow! Managed to escape the hounds. Managed to get over the 12-foot fence. Like... This woman is a maniac. She's, to a, them. she's a ninja. She's a maniac, and he ha- clearly knows what she looks like at this point. Right? Like, I don't know what she is think. I just she's shocking me more than charity these days, too. Like, she's shocking. She's shocking. She's this, this. The girl's ballsy. She's got balls. She's got gumption. She's she's got moxie. This she's got moxie. Oh, she she's got some fucking gall. Is what she has. <laughs> the audacity. Oh, the audacity. The audacity of it all. Of it all. So, this girl. So she's. So she tells to, Ethan she's gonna be there the next day. Yeah, and then she tells Whitney. You should have seen Whitney's face, dear, <laughs> dear listeners. You should have seen Whitney's face. Oh, Whitney's oh. Whitney's like, what the hell, Teresa? <laughs> I, did, she basically said that to her. Yes, she did. <laughs> well, what happens the next morning? Well, the next morning arrives, but we don't hear the rooster crow. <laughs> and why is that? Well, Tabitha has slaughtered it. <laughs> Tabitha comes in with a giant rooster. She's like, I'm fucking tired of this thing, so I killed it. Now I'm going to make rooster sausage. Yeah. Okay, so that's the start of day four in Harmony. It's, it's, off four. To, it's a weird episode, y'all. It's, so, a, it's a weird start. All of our people are waking up very early. Everybody in this episode woke up super fucking early. Yeah. So, Teresa goes to the country club... Because Whitney had told her last night she was starting her job at the country club teaching tennis. Right. She's going to be the tennis instructor. Good for her. Yeah. Whitney's got it together. Right. Why is she wasting her time with this messy friend? Because Teresa's awesome. I bet Teresa's a lot of fun. Oh, I'll bet she's a great deal of fun. I bet Teresa's a what did shit Whitney ton of... Say she's to one of those friends. What did Whitney say to her? Like, I'll be in court every day of your trial. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there supporting you. <laughs> I bet she's one of those friends that you just know... You shouldn't be doing the shit that they're doing with them, mm. but it's so much fun. Mm. And she's one of the friends that I would. T- I, the, she's the kind of person that I would hang out with, and I would tell them, "I'm gonna do this with you, but I'm not going to jail for you." I am gonna admit something here. Yes, I kind of feel like in the messy years of my youth, I was that person. Oh, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. So I'm going to tell a short story. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to shorten it. In undergrad, oh lord, in undergrad I lived in Baltimore and I had two very good friends and we decided to go down to Washington DC for like a weekend. But we were also broke like music students and you know 19, 20 years old, something like that. We didn't have any money. So we're like, let's just take the train to Washington DC and we'll find a place to stay. Or we'll Uh stay in the train station or something. We'll figure it out. I'm Mm -hmm. not even kidding. I also, at this time, had been experimenting with, like, a fake Australian accent, (laughs) which I used to be very good at, and adopted a persona of an Australian person the entire time we were in D.C. Everywhere we went, even if it was just me and my girlfriends, I spoke in, like, this accent. Obviously, you have to do it right now. (laughs) It's it's probably... All right. It's probably really bad now. It used to be pretty good, but I haven't used it in... I haven't done this in years. Let me see. 
um, I used to say Walmart, and that would help me a lot, like get into this accent. I don't know. Oh it's not. Re- it's it's not very good anymore. No, I think it's great. But it. But it, that's I, awesome. I, it's better than your Jean Luc. My Jean Luc. No, I can't do French to save my life. But I. So yeah. So I adopted this crazy accent, and it, even when it was just us, I would talk at it. And then everywhere we went, people would like comment and talk about Steve Irwin, and they would ask, and I'd be like, Oh yeah, he's a national treasure. <laughs> And it happened so many times. And then, like, people would, like, buy us drinks and stuff. And, like, at this point, we met a couple dudes and we tried to convince them to let us stay with them because we had nowhere to stay. And then then their friends came over and they were girls. And, like, yeah, you can stay with us because, like, we were just... I don't know. We were at, like, a college bar in um, Georgetown. I wish y'all could see my face. <laughs> it was crazy. And then the girls kind of got hip to the fact that that was crazy. I think the, the guys convinced them that was a terrible idea. And then one of my girlfriends, like, ended up meeting these dudes who who were in, like, suits and had a car service. Mm-hmm. And we went back to their hotel. All three of us went back to their hotel. It was ridiculous. The whole thing was ridiculous. I was still in an Australian accent, like, on my way to blackout drunk. Like, it was, it was, it yeah. was ridiculous. And we had, I had my version of my Whitney friend. Me and one other girl were crazy, and but, but our, our friend was like, what the fuck are you doing? She's like, I'm not comfortable with this. And we were like, get in the car, you fuddy-duddy. Oh, no. <laughs> we went to the hotel with these dudes. Oh, my God. And nothing wow. happened. We stayed in one room, and they all stayed in, like, a, the, the other room that they had. And, of course, we, like, snooped through their shit. Like, the guy was like, just don't steal anything. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. And we snooped through their shit the next day. And um, realized that I'm pretty sure that they were BP oil execs because they were like, yeah, we're in from New York. We're in for this meeting, blah, 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 blah. They didn't really get into details about it, but we were staying at the Mandarin Oriental, which Ooh, is like, that's nice. like top-notch hotel, yeah. like right near the Washington Monument. Yikes. I mean, these people were like filthy fucking rich. They Oof. had a fucking car service. I don't know. The whole thing was a mess. You didn't eat them? We, eat the rich. We didn't eat the rich. <laughs> okay. It's well, messy. You we were ter- messy. You were Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald well, I, crazy. Me and huh? my friend Melissa were Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald crazy. And then our friend Christine was desperately trying to, to keep us safe. And we were just like, no. Yeah. Come make bad decisions with us. I have always been a Whitney. I will never not. <laughs> like, I have always been a Whitney in my life. Oh, Lord. You I've know. definitely calmed down over the years, for sure. But I was I was living Living large. Living La Vida Loca. Living La Vida Loca. Upside, inside out. It was really just like the alcohol-fueled years of my youth. Well, fun. Fun-ish. Fun, fun. I had a great time. Let's get back to our podcast. Bitch, <laughs> you have hijacked <laughs> I've hijacked it. We don't have to tell that. You don't have to. You can no, cut it. No, no, no. Do whatever I you want to do. Definitely going to leave a good chunk of it. <clears throat> okay. So back to passions. Yeah, back to passions. <laughs> so Teresa and Whitney are having this conversation at the country club. And Teresa's so excited to be there. She's like, oh, Whitney, I can't believe you got a job here. Teresa says, well, I'm, I'm going to start my new job at the Crane Mansion today. And Whitney questions her, how are you supposed to do this? How do you think this is going to work out? Mm -hmm. And Teresa says, well, I have a plan, and it'll be a lot easier if you help me, Whitney. (sighs) What plan could possibly... What? this? See, this is why I did the recap of the Teresa shit. Because at this point, it was like, what plan could you possibly have outside of, like, a face switch type of situation? (laughs) Like a, a face transplant, right? That this will work. 
And she doesn't tell Whitney. We get a little bit of a clue because the girls do go to Grace's shop, I guess. I didn't know she was a store owner. Early, early on in the season, Grace says, oh, this will be great for my store. And she says that Tabitha always brings great things for this to the store. Oh. That's, that's like the only clue we get that she has a shop. Yeah, okay. So I guess Grace has a shop. That people from the community will craft things and then she'll sell them there, whatever. Because so, Pilar stops by and drops off some some things that she has stitched together. Mm-hmm. And Grace comments on, like, the workmanship and blah, blah, blah. And then Pilar goes in the back to put them away. And then Teresa and Whitney walk in. All giddy. All giddy. And Teresa's like, well, I need a scarf. So somehow this must be part of the plan. Like, is she going to, like, hide her hair or wrap her face? I, I like, just... what is she going to do? And why would she need... Whitney, I I just don't understand what the plan was going to be. I, you know what? I don't think there ever was a. Well, maybe there. I don't. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll it's find just weird because, like, with Kay's Harmony Hunk plan, they told us all about that right away. But now there's another plan here, but they're not telling us anything about I it. I feel like maybe they didn't even have a plan. They were like, Teresa's got a plan. We don't know what it is yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll write it as, yeah. As we, we'll write it as we figure it out. I think you're I right. I don't know. So. Pilar comes from the back because Grace says to Teresa, oh, Teresa, I was talking to your mom. She told me that you were looking for a job, and I'm actually looking for part-time help here at the store. Great. That would be perfect. You should take that job, take Teresa. Take this job, Teresa. And Teresa smiles, the biggest smile, at Grace Bennett and says, oh, thank you, Miss Bennett, but I already have a job. And Pilar comes from the back. That's wonderful, Miha. <laughs> That's wonderful. Where, where are you going to be working? And Teresa is caught. Or mm. so we thought. Yeah. Sh- oof, boy. Because Pilar comes out and Teresa's like, um, I'm going to go work at the Crane Mansion. And Pilar's like, no, you're not. What the fuck are you doing? And Teresa's like, no, I am. And her mom throws her hands in there. I was like, you know what? The minute the Cranes recognize you, they're going to put you in jail. Teresa says, no, I have a plan. And and Pilar just gives up. She's like, you know what? You're old enough. You can make your own mistakes. I don't know what to do with you. Yeah. I don't know what to do with yeah, you. Yeah, but that was the wrong thing for Pilar to do. Well, I mean, it's, it, works for, it works narratively for us because right. Teresa has to get back to the mansion. But realistically, as a mother of a child who's 16, 17 years mm-hmm. old, who is clearly slightly deranged... You, she's, she, clear, she, she's in a state. She needs help. She should be calling Ivy Crane yes, and explaining why? the situation. This this situation should have been explained as soon as Pilar found out about it. I don't understand why she hasn't picked up the phone and called Ivy Crane. <clears throat> it doesn't make any sense. I, mm, Even I, narratively. Well, I guess they just want to keep the drama going as long as they can. But it's... Mm. I really like Pilar. But this in this moment, I'm really struggling with with it because this is not good parenting and this is not good she's not looking out for the welfare of her daughter yeah i mm. like yes your children are going to make mistakes here i am as if i'm a fucking parent i don't know anything but yeah. like what do i know about what kids? do i know about raising children but like honestly we all make mistakes and yes we learn from our mistakes and like parents have to guide us as best they can but when they're making a life changing mistake you you step in a, mis- a life-changing mistake in. and a mistake that also can change your life. Yes, it's going to alter the entire course of of of, of your life, and it put it, and it puts your livelihood at stake, not just theirs, but all, the whole family's. Right, and we know that the family is struggling. They, I mean, 
they're working as hard as they possibly can to make ends meet, but it's not enough. Because Teresa also mentions again that, well, she changes the story a little bit. So now we hear that their father disappeared, which we'd always heard. But then she's like, and then our older brother left. Yeah, he took off. He took off. So when we first heard about this, they both disappeared. But now we're hearing that one took off and one disappeared. So, like, what is the... What happened? It's sloppy at best, Laura. (laughs) It's sloppy. I just writing is sloppy at best. I need some consistency. I need some consistency. I mean... I know that the writers are coming up with a lot every day, but yeah. make a make an outline. <laughs> make an outline. We learned to do that in like fifth grade when we didn't start writing papers. So that's basically the end of the Teresa stuff. Ivy and Ethan are talking about the stalker and they I guess hire a private investigator. I'm not sure. This guy rings oh, the doorbell. Yeah. Frank Lomax is his yeah, name. Yeah. He comes in and says, Just give me a description and I'll bring her in. So I mean, she's coming to you, so... Yeah, Just wait. Just you wait, Henry Iggins. (laughs) Just just you wait. wait. Yeah, so that's basically the end of that section. Yeah. So, let's finish this with Kay and Simone quickly, because nothing really happened, but... Kay and Simone, as I said earlier, everybody in this episode was, like, getting up extra early. The night before, Kay and Simone are at Kay's house. Simone's like, why do I have to sleep over here? Why, why do I have to stay here with you? And I'm asking the same question. I'm asking why Whitney and Simone are never at their own home. Because this episode, at the end of day three in this episode, Whitney is at Teresa's house. She's again. always at Teresa's house. Again. And now Simone, at the end of day three, Simone is at Kay's house. Again. And is staying over. So, Simone says to Kay... Why do I have to sleep over here? Mm-hmm. And what time are we getting up in the morning? And Kay says to Simone, you'll find out what we're doing tomorrow. And we're going to be getting up at 4 a.m. And Simone <laughs> says, what the hell? What do you mean 4 a.m.? We've never woken up at 4 a.m. in our lives. What are you talking about? <laughs> She's like, it's, trust me, it'll be worth it. Ugh. Spoiler alert, it's not worth not it. At it was all. not even close to being worth it. I'm, I was like kind of anticipating some real hijinks and something. Like, oh, she's getting up at 4 a.m. It's still going to be dark. Yeah, you know? it was. This was um, so dumb. Very thoughtless writing. Because Kay and Simone get up, and the whole point is that they're going to go to the docks and watch Miguel at work because he works on a fishing boat. So he's up like crazy early working with a hot guy. Simone I didn't like, even notice. Simone's like, that guy's hot. And I was like, yeah, Simone, he is. I didn't even notice. I, I don't remember. Was it Conrad? Connor? Something like that. Conrad Birdie? I was about to say that. <laughs> we love you, Conrad. Oh, yes, we do. We love you, Conrad. And we'll be true when you're not near us. We're blue. Okay. Oh, Conrad, we love you. Yeah, we have to finish. Get to the end. I know, we can't just leave it there. <laughs> We have to finish the damn thing. Okay. <laughs> so, so, Kay woke up at woke up at 4 a.m. and needed Simone to go with her to stalk Miguel, basically. She, Kay is a... I don't like her. Creepola. I don't like her. 100%. I don't know. So, I don't like her. And, of course, Miguel catches them. Of course, it's like, Kay, Simone, what the fuck are you doing here? It's 4 a.m. And Kay makes up this flimsy excuse. Oh, well, my mother... 
uh, she wanted fish for dinner tonight. She wanted to buy fresh fish for dinner. And Miguel says, doesn't she normally buy it at the market? And then Kay really throws her mom under the bus. It's like, yeah, well, she's been coming up with some crazy things lately. And she's just out of her mind. So yeah. I don't know. She, she just wants some fish from here. And so he's like, well, I've got some bass. I've got some trout. I've got blah, blah, blah. Anyway. She's like, oh, one of each. And then she says, well, I'm really glad that I bumped into you today, Miguel. Girl, you did not bump into him at 4 a.m. Yeah, at his job, at his place of work that you have no business being there. Because you don't go to the pier to buy fish fresh from the boat. You buy it at the fucking market. They don't even know what to market. Miguel does not even know, I'm sure, how much to sell it for. Right, what is market They haven't weighed it. Yeah, they don't know. Anyway. And he's like 14. Yeah. So. Well, I guess he's not 14. <laughs> he's pretty a close. Older. He's a little, a little bit older. He's probably like 16, 16 or 17. So she's trying to buy this fish and she says, I'm so glad that I bumped into you this morning, actually, because I really want to apologize about last night. I'm so sorry. I don't know why that girl didn't. I'm sorry that that girl didn't show up for you. And he's like, oh, your mom didn't tell you? Tell me what? I saw her. I found her last night. <laughs> and Kay's face cracked like an egg. Like an like Humpty Dumpty off that wall. Correct. Face mm-hmm. correct. Do you understand? Crack mm-hmm. is not whack when it's on her face. How about that? <laughs> she <laughs> What are you even saying? <laughs> you don't remember quack crack is whack. You don't remember that? Crack is not whack when it's on her face. <laughs> I know the crack is whack. I'm just what are I you? I've never done crack. Crack is whack. Have you seen that thing? It's like that scene from Aladdin where Jafar is disguised in the prison mm. as that old, old guy and he holds up that giant ruby. Mm. They've gone over and dubbed it and Jafar walks up with the giant ruby and he's like, you want some crack? <laughs> <laughs> and Aladdin just backs away like, I oh. haven't seen that. No, I haven't You seen want some that. crack? And just holds up that <laughs> giant fucking ruby like it's a crack rock. Oh, no. <laughs> There's so much dumb stuff on the internet. I love it. Uh, I love the internet and hate the internet. <laughs> At the same time. Oh, and I love your it. Your kids want some crack. I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Kay's like... <laughs> so anyway, Kay's face is cracked. Completely cracked. All the way down. And, and she's uh, like, Miguel, come over for breakfast and we'll come We'll come up with a plan to, to, to find her. To we'll find Charity. Her. Yeah, because he explains that Charity left to find her mom and he knows that she doesn't live in... Harmony, but I don't, it didn't make any, that didn't make any sense either. Nothing makes sense. I think that were the writers, like, on crack? <laughs> oh, <laughs> girl, the stop talking about like, crack. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, like. I hate that I even started that. I know, I hate that I continued it, and I, now I can't stop. Um, I'm like a dog with a bone. I don't understand th- anything. The plot doesn't make sense. Kay doesn't make sense. Charity doesn't make sense. No. This whole episode was terrible. Well, terrible is a strong It wasn't word. great. It's because we're coming off of really good episodes, and, and so we'll, this was a letdown. Happy days will come again soon. Yeah. So, speaking of Charity, let's talk about Charity and Faith once they get back home. Oh, God. So, Charity is, like, having a dream about Miguel, and her mother is, I guess, watching her sleep. Because Charity wakes up and Faith is just, like, there over in her. her. Yeah, bedroom. <laughs> and she didn't wake her up. Charity, like, just woke up naturally with her mother standing over her. Yeah. Like a creep. And um, says something about, what was the thing? A rose by any other name? She's like, oh, some kind of quote. Like, she doesn't know Shakespeare? No. You don't know Romeo and Juliet? In her stupid-ass fantasy, he gives her a rose and he says to her, there's some quote that says, 
a rose by any other name is isn't so sweet. He doesn't even get it right. <laughs> I was like, that's not that's not even right. None of that is right. Some quote. Some just some quote. So Charity has kind of, in her fantasy, ascribed Miguel as a dumb dumb. Well, sh- because she's dumb. That's what she would. She wants to be said to her, and she thinks it's suave. Mm. Well, <laughs> it ain't. And if someone said it to me, I would simply walk away. Girl, you do not even want to know some of the things these men say to me on these date naps. Oh Lord. <laughs> well, now you have to tell us. Oh man. Well, one guy literally just messaged me one time, though, and it just said. I will, will, I will destroy you. Uh, no, <laughs> thanks. No, thanks, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm cackling. <laughs> I will destroy you. <laughs> what is he? What is he? A Dalek? Another, is he a Terminator? One, I will destroy one you. Simply messaged me XXL? Question mark. XXL. Like, am I? Do I wear two X? I guess. Am I X extra large? I don't know. Anyway, go, we're off track. We're um, off. To, I know. Off, I'm so sorry. You're gonna have so much off to edit. Off the beaten path. It's all right. Okay. Good so, God. so Faith is there. Her daughter wakes up, and Faith tells Charity, "I don't trust anyone in Harmony. We are moving today." Yeah, we live too close to Harmony because they live in like Castleton. Yeah, I think it is Castleton. I think Chesterfield. No, nope. I think it's Castleton. I, let's go with it. Yeah. Let's go with Castleton. That. So Castleton is too close to Harmony, so mm-hmm. they're gonna move. And Faith is adamant about it. Faith says, we have to get as far away from Harmony as possible. Yes. And Charity's like, Harmony's a great place, and I was really hoping we would live there someday. And uh, whatever. Faith keeps telling her, no, Charity, there's evil, evil, evil. There's lots of evil. Evil, evil, evil. And Charity's like, no, there's not any evil, even though she has almost died two times in the last 24 hours. Yeah. In Harmony. In Harmony. Yeah. It's not so to mention, not to mention that random like tornado in the middle of your lobster dinner, right? And in the well, she thought it was part of like an act, but in the tent when she saw the fortune teller, uh, yeah, like the crazy shit is happening all around you, and I would imagine hasn't before. She's just simply choosing to ignore it. Yeah, she she's daft. She's this girl. She is annoying. And her mother, bless her, tries to talk some sense in her. She goes, look. There is a family legacy that was passed down for generations from my grandmother to her daughter, which is my mother, to me and my sister. My twin sister has disappeared, and now I need to pass this legacy on to you. Our family can do something special, and we are expected to end some massive evil storm that is headed our way, and it's going to come down to you and me. And your powers haven't manifested, but they will. In fact... (laughs) Let's levitate some shit. It's like, look, I can prove it to you. Come here, Charity. Put your hands on this desk. Now make it levitate. (laughs) And Charity just looks at her mother. She goes, look, the things you're saying are so wackadoodle. I think you need to see someone for help. You need to seek professional guidance because something is wrong. Yeah, and Charity puts her hands on the table and, and Faith's like... Concentrate, Charity. Concentrate. You can do it. Concentrate. And Charity's like, I'm just a normal kid. I don't have any powers, Mom. <laughs> Let me tell you, though, if my mom... <laughs> listen, if my... The thing is, if the things that had happened to Charity happened to me and my mom was like, you have special powers, I would be trying my... I would be trying my damnedest. Oh, I mean, for sure. I, I, like, I'm sure that I also would have 
a ton of doubt. Like, that's crazy. But also, somebody grabbed me through a sink. Right. So, maybe I do have special powers. Oh, yeah. If that's all I want to do is be an X-Men. So, like, yeah. if someone was like, you can do things, I'd be like, all right, let's go. Anyway, yeah. So, the, the, the levitation experiment doesn't really work. But Charity's also not really trying. Faith gets really pissed off. She's like, you know what? You got to pack up. I'm going to go see the landlord. We're moving before dark. She's like, we. <laughs> she wants to pack up the house, find a new place to live, sign all the lease, sign all the documents, move into it before dark. She wants to move to a new city. She doesn't, even, <laughs> she doesn't just want to move across town. Right, right. She wants to move to a new town, a new place far from Harmony. She has to get... Out of heart, I mean, away from Castleton. Out of Harmony's way. Yeah, out of Harmony's hey. way. Hey, hey, no, so it's just okay, okay, yeah. Faith. Whatever. Okay, Faith. So she goes off to see the landlord, and Charity calls the bus station and goes, "Yes, um, when's the next bus to Harmony?" So she's headed back to Harmony. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Of course, she's headed back to Harmony. Yeah, you know. And I know this is so long, but we got to talk that about that PSA. For God damn it! This is already like an hour long. I know. Okay, Tabitha and Timmy are talking about God knows what. I really don't understand their conversations sometimes. I don't yeah. know what they were talking about. Yeah. She sends him to get the spirit board. Yep. You know, and I know, it's a Ouija board. Yep. He's afraid of Fluffy. He's like, that cat's gonna get me. He has an altercation with Fluffy off screen. Yeah, he goes to get it. The cat... Scratches him up. He comes back. He's like, you don't care about Timmy at all. He really kind of gives... Honestly, Timmy in this moment was really sympathetic. I was starting to feel really bad for him. Yeah. I don't know. He's just like, Timmy, you don't care about Timmy. And you don't care if the cat uses me as a scratching post. And you... I'm tired and I'm still... And you're human. You don't get it. You, You dried off from whatever they got wet from. Yeah, why are they wet? I don't know. They didn't go in the water. I don't know. You Why drive, are they wet? You drive off, but Timmy, because you're a human, but Timmy's still wet. And Tabitha's like, you're so ungrateful. All you do is complain, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're right. You should be dry. And she puts him in the dryer to much of his protest, yeah. right? He's like, no, Tabitha, no, not the dryer, not the dryer. And she puts him in the dryer. And then a little circle pops up on the bottom of the screen with Tabitha in it saying, yep. No, I know that... Oh, that's a terrible time. <laughs> now I know what I did was naughty. Don't Which, do this at home. Yeah. Oh, God. Of course. But actually, it was kind of horrific. Luckily, they turned him back into a doll. You could see his doll face. Yeah. Before she put him in the dryer. But he was, like, squirming around before she put him in there. And it was really... I don't know. It was. Un- I was unsettled by it, to be honest. Because just the moment before, Timmy had kind of really tugged at my heartstrings. Mm. So, I don't know. He... He did some of the best acting on this show today. He usually does. He's usually really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It was a weird episode. It was hard to follow. It was hard to talk about. It took so much time to watch it, and now it's taken a long time to talk about it. So yeah. let's well, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off and enjoy the break. <laughs> So we're back. We're back. Episode 27. Episode 27. Here we go. Episode 27, would you say it was better than 26? I would say it was about on par. I think it was a little bit better. I think it was better. I think it made more sense. It definitely, like, (laughs) made more narrative sense. It wasn't so choppy. It made more narrative sense, and there were a couple of moments that were pretty great. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that, that, yeah, there it, were. It pushes it ahead for yeah, me. Yeah, there were. 26 was trash. <laughs> That episode sucks. All right, so in 27, we start, opens at Harmony PD. Sheridan's still in the slammer. (laughs) And she's dreaming of a shadowy figure who saves her from Jean-Luc. And she looks at the figure and says, do I know you? You seem so familiar. And... She she's having like a dream, but she's like agitated in her dream. Like, yeah, she's like uh, asleep. She goes no, but uh, no, but, no, but uh. and so Luis is coming through to like check the cells, and he sees she's like jerking around, I guess, and he comes into the cell. Which I mean, if it would be if it were me, I would just be like, hey, yeah, wake up, yeah, you know. But he comes into the cell, kneels down next to her, which was problematic, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't you don't do that. Prisoners have rights. Yeah. You know? But anyway, he he knelt down next to her, and then she, still in, like, her dream state, was like, it's you. And she threw her arms around him. <laughs> <laughs> but she was still basically asleep, right? right? She didn't know who he was. Right. And he had the look of sheer confusion on his face. <laughs> he, yeah, he did a good job with that. He's like, what? He didn't say a word, but his face was like, what is happening? A crane? Yeah. My skin is going to burn me? away from where she's touched me. Because remember, Louise hates those cranes. She's hugging me. And mm. then she kind of wakes up and is like, oh my God. And it's you. Yeah. And then they back away from each other and he closes the, <laughs> the door. And they just kind of glare at each other from behind the bars. Yeah. <laughs> That, so that's how this sh- episode opens. That's how it opens. And then Sam comes in to confront Luis because the security camera shows footage of Luis coming in, bending down on one knee, and then he and Sheridan embracing, and then the footage cuts out, Girl, of course. this is so stupid. Sam go- Sam comes and says, is there anything you want to tell me about you and Sheridan Crane? What's going on between you and Sheridan Crane? And Luis is completely <laughs> undone by this. He's like, what the fuck do you mean, me and Sheridan, Sheridan Crane? Crane? How dare you speak my name in the, in the same <laughs> breath as those cranes, right? And he's like... Don't you know I hate the cranes and blah, blah, blah? What makes you think? And Sam holds up, well, this would say otherwise. And it's a fucking VHS tape. <laughs> it was pretty great. This says otherwise. <laughs> and he pops it into the, he pops it into the two-in-one TV VHS. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the memories. He pops it into, I always wanted one of those two-in-one VHS oh, and TV. Anyway, pops it in. And it shows Luis kneeling down next to Sheridan's bed and kind of her cu- embracing him. But it also, to me, because of the bunk bed, because she's on the bottom bunk, it almost looks like they're making out. Yeah, they are locking lips, and Sam is not pleased with the situation. No, Sam's saying, hey, you need to explain yourself. What is, what is this? <laughs> and ah, is like, what's going on here? <laughs> and- <laughs> And Luis is like, you know me, this is not me. I would never do something like that. I despise the cranes. Mm-hmm. And Sam is like, yeah, me too. I hate... Basically, we learn that Sam hates the cranes just about as much as Luis. Yeah. And, and while, when Luis tries to explain to him what happened, right, he says, he, t- he says exactly what happened. What we already told you is what happened, right? He says, if you keep watching the tape, you'll see. And Sam's like, can't. Tape ran out. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what? But Sam does believe Luis, and um, they kind of hate on the cranes for a while. And my favorite they, part... Wait, they come 
nose to nose. They start getting closer and closer to each other. I hate the cranes more. No, I hate the cranes more. And they come like nose to nose just talking about how much they fucking hate the cranes. It's crazy it how was, close their faces are to each other talking I, about this. I liked it. It's two handsome men. Yeah. But my favorite part of the whole exchange was when Sam compares the crane family to Nor'easters. Yeah. He's like, they just, it starts off with like a small gust and then, before you know it, they've blown through the whole town and they leave total devastation in their wake. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam really hates those cranes as well. Mm. And he has a little moment, right? Luis goes, why do you hate the cranes so much? I mean, I know why I hate the cranes, but do you have a personal vendetta against them, Sam? Because this seems personal to me. Mm. And Sam kind of is like, no. <laughs> he kind of has a moment. He doesn't want to explain it to Luis and he's just like I need to get some coffee <laughs> yeah I mean but we know that Sam has a personal connection because yeah. Ivy's walking around with his picture in her locket we so, already know what it is Sam yeah. we know we know what it is Sam is still like hurting from it though because he won't yeah. even talk about it like if whatever happened between them really hurt him yeah right I'm interested to see what exactly happened between Ivy and Sam it must have been really awful but we shall see. We shall see. So, Luis and Sam kind of come to an understanding in this moment. Like, mm-hmm. yep, we both hate the cranes. And I got, Sam says, I got a lot of respect for you as a person, as a as a police officer. I know you have integrity. So, I believe what you have, what you say. And and they kind of bond a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really nice to see my two yeah. faves. My two faves. My I two do faves. love those, those men. And then Luis, like, calls his mother. Oh, my God. Yeah, I wrote in my notes. He calls his mom. I wrote in my notes. At the crane house. Luis calls the crane mansion to talk to Pilar. How do you know she's going to answer the phone? Right. There's a whole staff of people And I've seen multiple times now where Ivy answers the phone. Mm -hmm. I've seen multiple times now where Ethan answers the phone. Mm -hmm. So... What makes you think on this day at this time, Pilar's definitely going to be the one to answer the phone? Well, she did. She, she did. The it's phone. Just, it just doesn't make any sense to me that that's how he would communicate with her. It was weird. And then the whole, the whole point of the conversation is that he wanted to talk about Teresa and check in on her and be like, oh, have you heard from her? Have you seen her? Like, is everything okay? Because as far as Luis knows, she had lost her job at the cannery and that she was supposed to be out, like, looking for work, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Pilar lies to him. Oh, I know. Miss Virtue lies, lies to her mm-hmm. son. Well, you know she, you know why she did that. Because you know that if she told him the truth, Luis was going to be on that doorstep. Yeah. He was going to be at the crane mansion. He has already made it clear. He does not give a fuck about the cranes. He doesn't care if she loses her job. He actually wants her to lose her job. So, like, he has nothing to lose to go in there and expose Teresa. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, I guess that makes sense. Pilar, man. I just, she's stuck in the middle of it because she just won't put an end to it. It's frustrating. She will not put an end to it. And she she could very easily do that. She could. She really could. All she had to do is have a have a conversation with Ivy. And if she talked to Ivy about it and and cleared it up, I don't think Ivy would because Ivy loves Pilar so much. Mm-hmm. I think Ivy would let it go. Mm-hmm. I do. I think if yeah, if the two of them sat and had a conversation, I think so. And, yeah, whatever. I think so. I don't know. Whatever. So, we're basically... We're almost on it at the police station. Sheridan is taking a stroll around her little cell. <laughs> and she's musing about her dream. She's like, 
who could that man have been? I felt so safe and so comforted and so loved. And then she switches. Wait, what am I doing? Look, dreaming about a man saving me? I'm so pathetic. Yes, you are. Yeah, but I'm a modern woman. No, you're not. And I can take care of myself. I'm independent. Again. Nope. No, you're not. not. But yeah, the whole whatever. But who walks around after? For I don't remember my dreams, so maybe I'm like in a minority here. But like, do people like think about their dreams? Oh, and yes. then feel like those feelings. Girl, and be yes. Like, oh my god. If you that have like person a person is the love of my life. Okay, well that's a little stretchy. But if you have, when I have like a really intense dream. Mm-hmm. I will think about it all day long. Like, it'll come up into my my thoughts, and I'm like, oh, my God, what is that? What was that about? I was having a series of dreams about spiders. Oh. Yeah. Regularly, I would have a dream. And it wasn't always the exact same dream, mm-hmm. but sometimes the spiders would be dead and rolled up. Sometimes the spiders would be giant. So I, I had... I was having so many dreams about spiders. Hmm. So, yeah, like, I would walk around like, what does this mean? Why am I dreaming about spiders? You know? Okay. Yeah. Like, I remember my dreams a lot of times. And sometimes you have, like, really... Sometimes I have, like, cinematic dreams where Hmm. I wake up and I'm like, that I just watched a movie in my sleep. (laughs) Seriously. And I'll think about it all day. Wow. And, like, replay the the movie in my head because it was so good. Wow. I never remember. My, so this is interesting because I, 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 I never remember my dreams. So this is good because for me, I was like, who the fuck walks around thinking like this? But I guess most people oh, probably yeah. do. Man, I don't know about most people, but if I had a dream that I met the love of my life and I couldn't make out his face, I would think about that. Yeah. For sure. I'm trying to, the last, I remembered a dream a few weeks ago and I told you about it, but mm-hmm. I don't remember the contents now. And then the last dream I remember before that was from, like, I don't know, undergrad. And I remember Celine Dion and I were both wearing blue ball gowns. And we made cookies, but we burnt them. Like, that's, Aww. like, the dream that I remember. Like, I don't I ne- I don't remember my dreams ever. Ever. Yeah. I've had some doozies, but we're not going to get into that. Yeah. That's for another, that's a, for a bonus episode. That's a bonus episode. But anyway, so Sheridan is walking around <coughs> thinking about her dream, which is very normal. And I just learned that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Louise comes in to release her because her bail has been posted. So even though she was supposed to, like, have a hearing with a judge, I guess the Cranes must have pulled some strings to get her released early. Because Louise was not happy about letting her go. Right. And then he, wa- <laughs> so he walks in to release her and give her her belongings that they took. But his little manila envelope is like, fully open and he it almost looks like he intentionally drops the content. It looked callous until I didn't realize that it was I didn't realize it was an accident until he kind of bent down to help pick up the stuff that fell out. Yeah. Because it looked like he was like doing that thing they do in high school movies. Whoops. Oopsies. Yeah it really looked like that. Because he it looked like he did it on purpose which the actor did do it on purpose. But we're not supposed to know that. Right. It read that way and it shouldn't have. Yeah. But tell us about what fell out. A signed picture of Jean-Luc. What did it say? It was like, you are the love of my life. You are my passion for life, maybe? You are my... <laughs> it's not time for that yet. <laughs> not time for it yet. It was, it was, yeah, it was some signed picture and he had written some stupid... Roten? He had written some... Him had written. Him had written <laughs> lots of dumb words. words. Him had wrote that letter that she done read. You know what? I'm offended now. I'm from the South. We don't, that's, this is a poor representation of Southern people. Why do we all... Anytime we want to talk about a dumb person, why don't we go to a Southern accent? Have you seen, I hate that shit. Have you seen... Uh, Bill Burr does this great... And I don't know if, I, if it was like a thing he did 
in one of his specials or on his podcast, but he does this thing where he starts using Southern accents to say very progressive things. Yeah. He'd be like, yeah, well, if my daughter wants to marry another woman, then that is well within her rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, good on Bill Burr. Good on Bill Burr. But, um, but yeah, so. Yeah, he had written a dumb note on this picture. And who gives a shit? She still doesn't know he's dead, She by does the not way. know. She does not know. She has no clue. But that's okay. Roger's on his way to kill her. I hope we so. We haven't forgotten. God, I hope so. We haven't forgotten. When then Luis can save her? Because they're that's obviously, obviously where we love. That's obviously where this is going. Yeah. That's obviously why she's having this dream of this man has saved her from, Jean-Luc. from Jean-Luc. Even, but it's not Jean-Luc. It's... It's going to be... Roger, right. an extension of Jean-Luc. Right. I, and it's going to be Louise who saves her. Of course. Oh, I, I'm excited now. I just need Sheridan to, like, turn into a person, because she sucks. Yeah. I, we're, I mean, we're going to hang in there, because we have to. But... Uh, we were told by a follower that we got to hang in there with Sheridan, so mm-hmm. we're going to... We're trying, dear, we, dear listener. Thank you very much for the... <gasps> Thank you for your support. Thank you for your words and of encu- for your words of encouragement. For yeah, real, because truly. I can't with her. This woman, I can't. Anyway, all right. I think that's it with the police station. That's it with the police station. Should we go to the Bennett house? Yeah, sure. Let's go to the Bennett house. These stupid kids. These stupid kids. Okay. So at the end of the previous episode, Kay and Simone were like, Miguel, after you finish work, come over and have breakfast. So we start this episode with them, and Miguel is making them breakfast. Yeah. This like young child has just finished work in the middle of the fucking night. He's been working all night long. These girls show up at the, randomly, invite him over, and he makes them, them breakfast? And he says, my mama says that a... My mama taught me to cook because she says that a man should be able to help his wife when he gets married. I was like, oh, that's sweet. That's sweet, but also a man should just know how to take care of himself and exactly. feed himself. Yeah. So, he's cooking. Let's do the short of this, honestly. Let's do the short of it. Kay and Simone are in the kitchen. With Miguel while he's cooking for them, the princesses, I guess. Yeah. And Jessica comes in in a robe and she's like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> I, I've i never seen my sister out of bed before noon. And even then, that's only because mom comes in and yells at her. What's she doing up so early? <laughs> and Kay's like, that's not true. I get up all the time this early. She's <laughs> like, I love the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she sees Miguel and she says, oh, or Miguel explains what happened. That the, he, she, right. she came down to the docks to buy fish or whatever, and, and then Jessica says, "Oh, I see. I understand what's going on now." So then Jessica gets started with her bullshit early in the morning. Mm. Okay, she's ready. She is so ready at all times yeah. to fuck with her sister. Yeah, she does not care morning, noon, or night. So <laughs> Jessica actually kind of pulls Simone aside and is like, "What the fuck are you two up to over here?" She's like. My sister, Kay, just needs to come out and tell Miguel that she's into him. The end of it. And Simone is like, I think you're right, but this is her way of doing it. And we got to support her. So I'm like, We do not got to. So, like, it was nice to finally get Simone's perspective because she's just a tag along most of the time. And also, I actually, re- that was a moment where I actually was on J- Team Jessica for a second. Because mm. they both really suck. Mm. But at least Jessica is like, why doesn't she just tell him? Yeah. I, I do like that about her, that she's saying she should just tell him and be honest instead of, tr- oh, she says, instead of trying to trick him right. into being with her. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Which, yeah, she's that's right. right. You can't trick someone into dating you. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Oh, so dumb. But, oh, and then um, Jessica's just like, you know what? 
you know that Charity comes in on the bus, you should go down to the bus station. Mm-hmm. See if she's there, look around, ask the people who work there, and maybe you can find her that way. Right. Which, okay, fine. Because he, he doesn't have, he's saying he doesn't know her last name. He has no clue where she lives, where she's from. He has no information about her. That's the o- And the only clue he has is that she rides the bus. Yeah. <laughs> like, so does everybody else. Yeah. Anyway, so he... He's like, well, that's the only lead I've gotten. You know what? That's not a bad idea, Jessica. We should, I should go down to the bus station. And Kay is like, oh, but no, no, Miguel, you can't because we have a softball game today. Did you forget? We have to play the Vipers. Right. And he's like, oh, no, that was today. She's like, yeah, that's that was today. We, we got to do that. And for a moment, we think, okay, Miguel's not going to go. But then Miguel says, you know, there'll be other games. It's only a softball game. This is more important. I'm going down to the bus station. And Kay says, well, the team really needs you. We really need you. She keeps trying to get him to come play the softball game, right? It's in, it's because it's so important to her and the team that they beat the Vipers. That's right. And then, he, he, but he never relents. And so then she says, you know what? I'm going to come with you. <laughs> I'll go to the bus station with Instead you. of going to the, playing yeah. in the softball game. There'll be other games. She said the exact same thing he said. There'll be other games. So dumb. Uh, yeah. All- she- so trans and so transparent. Yeah, yeah. Suave is not a word that I would use to describe Kay. Right, and Miguel's so dense. Also, yeah. Like, how is he not seeing what's going on? Mm. And let's talk about Reese for a minute. Reese shows up to the house and says, "Hey, everybody!" And they're like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> and Reese is like, "Well, we're gonna go get lunch. Remember?" But. Miguel is cooking them breakfast. So why is Reese at the house for lunch? <laughs> we shut up at like 8 in the morning. For lunch. He's so excited to spend time what with this dumbass K. Well, and Simone says, hey, you look pretty good, Reese. He's like, thanks, I borrowed some of Miguel's clothes. And then Jessica, <laughs> and then Jessica says, yeah, Reese, you're looking pretty hot. And I was like, yeah, Reese is hot. Yeah, Reese is not uh, an unattractive person. Yeah. Yeah, and he still looks ridiculous because the clothes he's wearing is silly and he's got the glasses and the bad hair and everything, yeah. but at least he's finally not in and, a Hawaiian t-shirt. And the way he kind of walks and talks and yeah. what's up, Kay? You know, he just makes himself <laughs> such a dork, but he's hot. Yeah, he's hot. So they all go down to the bus station yep, they all, to look for charity. all decide, yeah, let's go help Miguel and... Of course, Kay is going to make sure that he doesn't find her. Right. And Jessica's going just to keep an eye on their bullshit. Yeah. Reese is going because he wants to keep because an eye on Kay and Re- Miguel is his best friend. Reese is going because he's good hearted. Yeah. Truly. And Simone is just along for the ride as always. Girl. She just goes wherever Kay goes. Go home. These kids. Go. Simone needs to go home. <sighs> Your parents haven't seen you in days. <laughs> days. <laughs> just, anyway. <sighs> So that's what's going on. And so they're walking around the bus station and Charity is at the bus station. They haven't found her yet, but she gets the bus to um, Harmony. So we're going to, you want to, yeah. Like so I didn't write much down about Charity. I did say that no, her logic I. is twisted and terrible. Basically, she kind of goes, she does like her little soliloquy where she's talking to herself in the mirror about when my mother wants me to do this, 
but if she thinks that, then this. Like, she just started kind of walking herself around in a circle to try and make what she wanted seem real. And the thing, what, what I noticed was either way, she would have gotten what she wanted. Like, you know how sometimes you give yourself these, those little, not ultimatums, I don't know what the best way to say it is, but these little things where you, choices basically, where you're like, well, if, I I might say, well, if Laura comes home by 11 o'clock, then I'm going to stay up. But if she doesn't come home by 11 o'clock, then I'm going to go to bed, right? Mm. Where where there's something that if this thing happens, I'm going to do this. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to do another thing. Mm -hmm. But for her, what I noticed was she basically was like, if this thing happens, I'm going to do this. And if this thing doesn't happen, I'm still going to do this. <laughs> exactly. Right? It was, it, it, it just, uh, sh- Charity's yeah. annoying. Charity's a mess right now. Charity's annoying. And then she goes to that table that her, that yeah, her so- mother tried to get her to, to levitate the other day. She's like, well, if I have powers, then surely I'll be able to do something. Well, that was the whole, and that was like her whole little choices situation right where she was saying if she had powers then she could go to harmony and she could protect herself but if she didn't have powers then none of it was, was real, real exactly. so she could still go to harmony right <laughs> right she just wanted whatever she just, she just wants to go make out with miguel good yeah. for her so she grabs a purse she walks out the door and leaves to go to the bus station and the table that she tried to lift up starts shaking and yep, vibrating starts shaking as soon as she leaves the room yep. of course and the one of the angels falls off and cracks oh yeah yeah about one that. of the angels falls off there's that crack word again crack we're back on crack kids want some crack <laughs> girl stop don't I'm do just, drugs I'm so mad that i even started that again don't do drugs don't do, definitely don't do crack don't do crack don't do that to yourself don't do it to yourself Oh my God! Don't do it. It's sad. But a little pure cocaine. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. A little here and there never hurt anybody. <laughs> some of that, some of that uh, blue meth. Oh God! From, <laughs> from Breaking from Bad. Breaking Bad. The purest shit. Yeah, just don't do it. It's not good for you. No. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs, people. Don't do drugs. All right. So Charity decides she's gonna take the bus to Harmony. She. Calls to find out what the next bus to Harmony is. She goes to the bus station, gets on the bus, rides the bus, takes the bus. There's a lot of buses going on. The wheels on the bus go, go round and round, round and round, round and round. I don't know why I say it so low. I keep you starting literally, really low. Laura, you, Laura always starts everything too low. So sorry. <laughs> Can't sing this. <sighs> no, sorry. Anyway. It doesn't really aggravate The wheels me, on the bus of... do go round and round, though. Yeah. They go round and round all the way to Harmony. So she gets to Harmony. She gets to this bus station. And the kids get... The, she's there. She asks the bus... One of the bus attendants, like the ticket taker or something, says, I'm looking for a guy. Maybe you know him. His name's Miguel. And he's like, oh, oh there he is over there. And it's like some custodian. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's not him. And he goes, well, that's the only Miguel I know. <laughs> And so then she wanders around this bus station for whatever reason. See, this is my issue. Why is she still in the bus station when they get there? She's just hanging well, out at the bus station. The, the bus station was not her destination. Right. I feel like it was the way that the video, the video, the, the story was kind of cut together. In my mind, she arrived at the bus station 
was talking to the attendant and started walking out, like, kind of looking around as the kids were kind of coming in. Mm. So, like, the timeline overlaps. I hope to okay. God she wasn't just at the bus station. Well, the way it looked to me, because the way the station was set up, is she was, like, next to, like, a newsstand. She's like, looking at a magazine. I was like, what mm. are you doing? Just hanging out at the bus station. Just lingering. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But maybe she was looking for, maybe, I don't know. I, you know what? Let me not. There's enough to dislike about charity. This, I, I you know, this is small, small potatoes. Small potatoes. I would love to stop talking about them and start talking about Teresa and Ivy and Ethan Girl, and yes. Frank Lomax. Girl, yes, because we are 30 <laughs> minutes in and have not even scratched the surface <laughs> of this shit. Please. Okay. Let's... Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald has a plan. Her genius plan to get into the Crane Mansion unnoticed, look at Ethan, speak with him face-to-face, and go unrecognized, is to wear different clothes, different makeup, and a wig. Basically a disguise. Now, we were skeptical, right? Mm-hmm. I was skeptical. When they brought Extremely. in all that shit... Oh, also, so oh. Whitney brings over a lot of stuff, wigs and glasses and clothes, clothes and stuff, and... They do a montage. It was they everything. Do a, they do a 90s montage. They do like a clueless level yeah, montage. It was great. It was fantastic <laughs> of Teresa in different wigs and different outfits and with with Whitney doing the ter- stereotypical, eh, you know, with her hands or thumbs down with her hands yeah. or like, oh, thumbs up, you yeah. know. It was it, not making any sound, just, you know, just gestures. It was great. Oh. With... Terrible music. Oh, the worst. Oh, so she puts together this disguise for herself, and again, I was skeptical. Yeah. But then she, when she came in, I was like, "This might work. This might work." <laughs> she looks like a nerd. Yeah. Uh, which is great. I mean, there's I I am a nerd. There's nothing wrong with being a nerd. But she's got this. Yeah, but we don't short... look like nerds. Well, some, not all the time. You should see me now. I look like a fucking. You don't nerd. look like a nerd. Got my glasses you, on, no, my hair you look, up. You look like a mom. <laughs> <laughs> Moms look like nerds. You no, heard it, you heard it no, from Latara herself. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. I said you don't look like a nerd. You look like a mom. I look like a mom right now. You like a mom in quarantine. Look at me. I just look like anybody in quarantine. We both look. So Teresa looks like a super nerd. She's got a wig on that's the same color as her hair, but it's very short. She's got thick glasses on. She's wearing uh, like a almost like a Catholic schoolgirl plaid. Uh, skirt, but, but it's, it's very, long. very long. Mm-hmm. Like the ones that we had when I was in school were like knee length. Like hers goes basically down, down to like her calves. Yeah. 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 So and she's. And a cardigan. Cardigan. Buttoned up all the way, buttoned up all the way to her fucking neck. Yeah. She looks, all the way to her chin. She looks very different. Completely really, she does. different. She really does. She really does. Yeah. They, man, they did wow. a good job. Oof. Loafers and socks. Oh, yeah. yeah. She looks great. So she. <laughs> Heads to the Crane Mansion and gets there for her first day of work. Yeah. And again, Ivy answers her own door again. But we, Pilar is working at the house. And, and don't they have more than one servant? Yes. What kind of billionaires are they that they have to answer their own door all the time? I don't know. I don't get I don't it. Know. I don't get I don't them. know. But Ivy answers the door and is just like, oh, Can I help who you? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, it's Miss, Mrs. Crane, it's me. Pilar's daughter, Teresa. Yeah. She's like, oh, dear. Yes, come on in. Oh, and Ivy's like, you know, I seem to remember you having really lovely long brown hair. So why are you wearing a wig? 
And Teresa comes up with like a half-ass excuse about how she wants to look more professional. Mm -hmm. And you can tell Ivy's not really buying it. She's like, I, well, maybe she's buying it, but I think she's misconstruing it as Teresa thinks that how she looks is professional, professional. now, but yeah. how she looked before was much more professional. Yeah. But Ivy doesn't want to embarrass her or make her feel uncomfortable, I think, mm -hmm. so she just kind of goes with it. Yeah. Now, while, while they're having this conversation, or just before Teresa comes in, the Frank Lomax, the PI, is doing a sketch for Ethan of Teresa, he told he told Ethan to describe her, right? And so he sketch he's apparently a sketch artist. Yeah. And he's sketching the saddest picture of Teresa. But Ethan's description of her is dare I say it romantic? He oh, seems absolutely. very like taken. Her hair, it's brown and it sort of cascades down past her shoulders. And her eyes are the deepest brown I've ever seen. Yeah, so so sparkly and alive. Yeah, and <laughs> and from that description, this artist drew the most busted portrait of Teresa ever. Please check the Instagram for the picture because it is such a mess. I will be posting the picture. You on must Thursday. see. You must 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 see. We got to do a side by side. I uh, like uh, side her picture side. versus that. She looks. She looks almost like, I love Lisa Rinna, so no tea, no shade. I love Lisa Rinna. It looks like this artist has drawn Lisa Rinna transforming into Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> it looks it, She looks like Gollum. <laughs> she looked, it was, oh, the one eye was big. She had, quasi, bigger. She had Quasimodo eyes. One eye was, everyone's, look, everyone's face, no, what am I trying to say? No one's face is pure is totally symmetrical okay mm -hmm. but her face was so jacked up like one eye was so very much larger than the other he he gave her like a squ a big square chin big long square chin with like a cleft and after <laughs> and after ethan talked about how beautiful her hair was he gave her like funky hair too yeah she, it didn't look anything like Teresa. no look anything like Teresa. Nothing like her. <laughs> we cracked up. We had to rewind and look at it, look at it again. Fro like paused on it and cracked up because it was so ugly and such a mystery. Based on that picture, the no. way Teresa looks at her disguise, they might be able to find her. Maybe. You know, it's no mystery that Frank Lomax doesn't work for the police department <laughs> as a professional sketch artist. Yeah. Based on the work that we saw. I don't know. Oh. And also, oh, oh, whatever. It was so funny. So, Teresa comes in and Ivy wants to introduce her, introduce her to Ethan. But Ethan's talking to the PI. And right. Teresa says, you know, he looks really, he looks really busy. I don't really want to disturb him. And Ivy says, you know, okay, you're probably right. And he can, he, he'll have plenty of time to meet you later. Mm -hmm. And so she takes her upstairs and tells her, she says, I have some correspondence here on my desk. Please respond to them and I'll come back and check on you later. Every job Teresa ever has, no one bothers to help her or train her or show her anything. What do you mean there are correspondence on my desk? Respond to them. Do I respond to them in your voice? Do I do respond to them as me? You have not explained anything to mm. me. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And you don't know me. You really want me writing back to people? I... And then she left her alone. 
Yeah, and then Teresa immediately just went to the closet anyway. Yeah, Teresa. She's just like, fuck correspondence. I'm going to go look at the clothes. Yeah, she's like, her clothes. And went to the closet (laughs) and picked up one of her dresses and then imagined herself in the dress, which she looked gorgeous She did look gorgeous in that dress. She looked stunning in it. She snaps out of it because she hears a knock at Ivy's bedroom door. So she goes out and it's Pilar. And Pilar says, oh, excuse me, I thought Mrs. Crane was in here. So her costume has absolutely worked. It just de- it deceived her own mother. Yeah. She goes, Mama, it's me. And Pilar's like, Oh my God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Teresa's here? like, You said it was okay. She's like, No, I didn't. But she wasn't clear. She wasn't clear. She was like, I said I she's like, I said that because I didn't want to keep arguing with you. Yeah, but I didn't think you would really go through with it. Right. But the intention you have and the words that you say, like, need to be clear. Especially as a parent. Yeah. Because we were watching that, and I I 100% was like, she's giving Teresa the go-ahead. Yeah. Yep. That's how I interpreted it. Yep. So that's where we end with Teresa. Yeah. More hijinks. She's again in the Cran Mansion. Once again in the Cran Mansion. This time disguised. Disguised in a costume. His stalker came into his home in a disguise. <laughs> I'm just... I. Uh, she's infiltrated his home. Oh, my God. I mean, it doesn't look good. Uh, it looks awful. <laughs> she just keeps digging herself deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole instead of just coming clean. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have anything else to talk about in this episode? I don't think, I don't so. think so. All right. Well, remember to follow us at Passions Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and maybe send us an email at passionpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. And please give us a five-star rating. I don't want any of that four-star rating None bullshit. Of that you four keep it to yourself, please, and thank you. Yep. Also, thank you to whoever like wrote our reviews, if you're still listening. Thank you. We have two really nice reviews on our, on, on um, iTunes, so thank you. Thank you. And if you feel compelled to write more reviews, that's also really nice. <laughs> All right. All right. Should With we that, do it? Yep. You are my passion for life.